Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, D-Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. As usual, the pod is sponsored by Draft.com. Join Draft right now using promo code D-Gen, that's D-E-G-E-N, and get a free $3 ticket for attorney of your choice with a minimum deposit of $10. If you crush your season-long NFL league with a snake draft, this site is for you. They have the huge uh, million-dollar first prize best ball tournament for the NFL coming up. They have uh, best ball tournaments for the FedEx Cup playoffs uh, coming up here in golf, which is really, really cool. You pick five golfers. Those five golfers last you through the whole uh, three-week playoff system, and, and the winner gets the money uh, with the most points. So that's, that's another cool little option they're doing this week on Draft.com. So make sure you use promo code DGEN. Get on there right now. As usual, I'm here with my favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well, Kenny. Back from vacation, well-rested, rejuvenated, and uh, ready for the one of the best tournaments of the year. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. We'll see about that. <laughs> I uh, think so. I, you know what? I said that last week was going to suck, too, but it ended up being one of the best tournaments I've watched all season. That True. final round was so sick. Uh, now, first off, let's get this straight. This, last week was the worst week of my year. Like, though, I was literally wrong about everything. Everything. You know, I, I mean, okay, I, I'm wrong often, but not about everything. Uh, so I started off the week. So I had early on the pod, I was like Jason Day and Bryson DeChambeau, my 1A and 1B. Of course, I used more Jason Day. Had 47% Jason Day. He didn't play very well. I did have 40% Bryson, which helped a little, but not much. Uh, next, Kevin Na in my cash. I thought, you know, he'd be all right. 
Uh, hasn't missed that many cuts. He had a week off from Korea. It's not like he played back-to-back weeks from Korea. I thought it would be cool. That shit didn't work out at all. Uh, really shit the bet on that cash. And the messed up thing is my other three cash game cornerstones had over 60 birdies combined. Um, the next thing that went wrong for me was the cut. Okay, Cam Davis, I don't know if you guys know what happened with the cut line this past Friday, uh, but the, the cut was at minus four. Um, there was like one golfer left. He was at like minus five, uh, you know, so he needed like a double. He, he needed a lot to happen for him to, you know, drip, drop the cut down, uh, at least a bogey, maybe even a double. And so he went ahead and got a triple bogey, missed the cut, dropped the, the, the cut line back down to minus three. And so five out of six and above, five out of six and six and six before when the cut was minus four was 37% of lineups and double ups. Okay. After he made it, it was 68% had five or six or better. Uh, you know, after he missed the cut and dropped it down to minus three, 50, uh, 67% of people in double ups had five or six through. So if he missed the cut, I had a chance to win in cash because everyone else went through except Kevin. Ah. So that didn't go well. Uh, Saturday, I had horrible showdown picks that didn't go well. Sunday, before the round started, I was like, there's no way these young bucks can keep up. There's no way. I mean, it's like their fourth tournament ever. I mean, history states that these guys are probably going to choke. They're going to feel the pressure, and they're going to get let down. Well, that definitely didn't happen because that was an unbelievable final round from those two guys, Matthew Wolf and Colin Morikawa. Even Hovland shot some ridiculous number yesterday. These young guys are no joke. I'll get more into the tournament, but what did you what did you think of the tournament itself? Man, solid. Um, the cliche thing right now, what's going around is, you know, Tiger won the Masters. This is probably the next coolest thing or the, or the next most exciting event of the year because of that. And those two dudes down the stretch just throwing dart after dart and make basically dropping it in there shot for shot. The the Morikawa shot that just lipped out that everybody thought was in, even the announcer called it in. I thought that was I thought what was going to happen on 18 was Wolf was going to get it tight and have a tap in birdie. And then Morikawa was going to get the sort of the good karma swing back around. He was going to drop the eagle putt. But when Wolf dropped it, it was so sick to see it. Before that, the Bryson shot that just was the shot. Not I can't say a shot of the year or something, but it's definitely in the top 10 of the year for shots. When you need that shot, then you need to walk up and make the eagle. I don't care if it's six and a half feet or not. There's still pressure with everybody looking at you right then and there, and you need it. Uh, that was pretty boss mode from Bryson. Uh, we said it before, right? I, I talked about the win equity last week with Bryson. He didn't get it done. Wolf was exciting to watch. Uh, finish it out. Morikawa was awesome. Hideki did his normal thing, right? Seventh place. Got there. Didn't do anything on Sunday, really, to make it happen or, or, or get a fight going. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the showdown picks, like you talked about, Wolf just 6900 bucks hung on. Right, he just kept it rolling, kept swinging it, and then that eagle closed it out. So, got a little bit of money back that way on Sunday with Wolf. But um, overall, an excellent tournament, man. It was something I was impressed by, and we can only hope that, like you said at the top of the show, that we get something like that this week. When sometimes there's a lot more on the line, the motivation factor for these younger guys. Uh, we'll talk about it, but one final seat to the Open, the top seed in the in the top five that doesn't already have a seat is going to get into the Open and get chartered over on that John Deere John Deere flight at, on Sunday night. So uh, there is going to be a lot. There is going to be a lot on the line this week, and I think it's going to be uh, a possibility to still have a pretty exciting tournament when everybody else is down on it. 
Yeah, I was so wrong on that Matthew Wolf $6,900 showdown call. Like, if, if you guys – I was on Gup's Corner Slack telling everyone, don't play Wolf at $6,900. There's no point. He's going to choke. He's $6,900. He's going to be super ch- – I was – I looked like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he made me look like a fucking moron. Uh, but it was great. I mean, that was unbelievable. That that approach by Bryson got me hyped because, first Sick. off, I had Bryson I had Bryson in one and done. So that was like – the one good thing that happened last oh two good things i did win the three man once again, again. Did, 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 did did take down the three man with my cash lineup once again that's how close it was but uh i had the bryson one and done and so when he made that i got super hype you know i was like okay okay i could get into the top 20 i can get into the top 15 going into this last seven week stretch you know try to get that 20 grand um and then you know he made the putt and then matthew wolf I, that I, I don't even know what to say about that putt, man. I mean, that was such a and, – and there's a picture of him. He wasn't looking. Not even looking Not even looking at the ball going – I don't know if that was swag or superstition or what was going on there, but he wasn't even looking at the putt going into the hole. It was so sick. And the Morikawa comes up a little bit short, um, you know, a little bit uh, low on the putt on 18. But what a great tournament. What excitement with these young guys. And, like, a lot of these tournaments nowadays – um, that have these weaker fields, they're really happy these guys uh, are coming to play uh, because they're going to be the new face, uh, you know, of golf here recently. And you look at Matthew Wolf, like the last time someone went with that few amount of professional starts was like Seve Ballesteros in 1983 or some crazy thing like that. Like it only took him like four starts to win as a pro or something like that. And I think – Yeah, and then, and then the, uh, the NCAA individual title – right away into a PGA tour win was only him, Tiger Woods and Ben Crenshaw. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tiger played like 18 events prior to that already as an amateur and stuff like that. If I'm not mistaken, I I could be wrong. I haven't looked, but like I was looking at, uh, okay. The first PGA tour win Wolf was in his fourth start. Rory was in his 18th start. Tiger's in his 19th start. And I think this includes amateur play, but I'm not hundred percent sure. This is from Kyle Porter, CBS uh, on Twitter. Uh, Brooks, 22nd uh, start, Spieth, 24th start, DJ, 28th start, Bryson, 40th start, JT, 43rd, Wolf in his fourth start. Uh, Okay, and so so this is from Justin Ray. Uh, Before Matthew Wolf today, the last player to win on the PGA Tour before age 21, having made three or fewer previous starts on the circuit. Now, on the circuit, I'm I'm not exactly sure what he's talking about here. I don't know if that means Webb. Uh, Corn Ferry, you know, all the different minor league circuits, including uh, or just the pro. I'm not sure. But the last one was Seve Ballesteros, 1978 uh, in Greensboro. So that's another reason why I didn't think he was going to have a chance. I mean, these guys this young usually don't perform to this type of standard when the pressure is on. I mean, they thrived on it. It looked like to me. I mean, you saw Morikawa bogey two of the first three holes, come back and shoot like six, seven under on the back nine. Um, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. I I, I, never, I haven't seen this type of golf with these young bucks coming in this early ever in, in my life watching golf, ever. N- never. It's never happened like this. So this is sort of new territory, and I'm, I'm, I'm – you know, I'm a Tiger guy, so a Tiger generation. So, you know, maybe a little bit into the early 90s. But since then, I haven't seen anybody – do what these guys did yesterday in any type of event. It was sick. It was a great watch. Uh, I mean, it, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Uh, I, I had a great time watching the tournament. I, like you said, I, hopefully this happens again uh, this week.
Two, two more, two more hot takes, right quick. Did, did you see the other Justin Ray tweet about Matthew Wolf is the seventh player in the last eighty years to win before the age twenty one? Each of the previous six went on to win at least three major championships in Tiger, Seve, Mickelson, Floyd, McElroy, Spieth. And so I, I said, yeah. I, I said on Twitter, I said that confirms it. So Wolf is definitely winning a major before Ricky. And then, <laughs> and then I went on to say that you know the. The last name that begins with an M and ends with an A, if Morikawa can somehow keep playing like he is, imagine if he gets a major before Matsuyama, the, the, the last name that starts with an M and, the, and ends oh, in an yeah, A. Yeah, yeah. Second narrative. And, and then the Wolf narrative that his birthday was on the Masters this year, so it's going to be like Tuesday this year upcoming, but he'll be playing if he can get to Sunday for a chance to win the Masters two days before his birthday, his 21 birthday. Yeah. That's sick. I mean, other guys – that is sick. Other guys played well this week. I mean, like I said, Hovland played well. Wyndham Clark was up there. I did like Wyndham Clark uh, a bunch last week, but his sort of uh, his T to Green game really sort of failed him. The thing is, it failed him a little bit, but he still finished like what did he shoot like two three under uh, with his, like his D game? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like every shot I saw Wyndham Clark yeah. hit, he was you know one hand was flying off the club. So I mean, I was still pretty decent when you have your shitty game and you still shoot under par in a situation like that when you're in the second last group. Um, that that little chip shot. I mean, that that I think all hole having the eighteenth hole as a par five. I think more courses need to do that. For sure, uh, it just makes we it, talk about it this makes all the time. So it's it's never good enough. Yeah. It, it, yeah, there's so many more opportunities. That, that's what I like to see, and that's what made it the way it was down the stretch. That Bryson shot wouldn't have been half as exciting if he needed to hole out for eagle. It, it was the fact yeah, that he can get exactly. it tight and have to make the putt. Like I said, I don't care if it's six and a half feet and everyone, oh, that's automatic for him. Well, that's fine. He still has to make it with all of that on the line. And you could see his face at the end when Wolf hit it. You know, he's just jaw dropped. Like, he made it? Oh, he made it? He had to, like, ask again. He clearly heard it the first time that, yes, he made it. He was just in shock. It's it's just he did not expect that. He expected a playoff. He was waiting for it. That that's definitely going to be a meme for a while. If you guys were on the internet yesterday and saw uh, the picture that was posted of Bryson when when they, they told him that Matthew Wolf, um, you know, made that putt for Eagle, the look he had on his face is like like he was saying like motherfucker did what? That, that's the look yeah. that I thought <laughs> he was giving. Like he was looking back at the camera and be like motherfucker did what? It, that, it was hilarious. Uh, that was a, a great little meme. I think we'll see that meme here. Uh, I'm sure pretty much in the future. Um, but all right, so a great tournament. Bad week for me. How did you do? Not well. Um, I, I think I ended up I ended up losing like fifty percent of my buy-ins, and it was pretty sick because yeah, better um, than me. I lost weekend, like ninety. I lost like ninety. Yeah, we, weekend. I had uh, I had a nice lineup going into the weekend in the hundred dollars single entry. Ended up finishing sixth, and it had all the potential. But guys like Hideki, who I was just hedging on, uh, finishing strong after I said there was shit going into it, and then they had that fire first round. Uh, in the end, he he proved what I thought would happen, and, and he didn't come through. And guys like Bryson with more win equity came through, but. Um, same thing on Sunday. I, I had a. Uh, I actually forgot my dummy lineup. This is a good story. I, I forgot my dummy lineup in everything. So I had like two hundred fifty bucks worth of entries with the thirty three dollars three max or whatever it is, and then the fifty dollars single entry and all this stuff. And it ended up doing all right because my dummies. I always try and make like at least what I think could happen, and then I go back and edit them and split them up after I was talking shit to you about the the wolf fade, right? Because I was saying, oh, you can't fade wolf, so I'm going to put them in at least two out of three. And that lineup ended up like crushing, but it, it came up short. It came up like fifth or sixth place. And that was a chance to get most of my money back between weekend and that. If either of them wins or gets up there, it would have been a much better week. But no Wolf on main slate doesn't help the scenario when he's got like 140 points. 
Yeah, no. I mean, I did have a top 10 in a showdown lineup on Saturday, but it still didn't make me win back anywhere close to the amount of money that I lost uh, in the main slate this week. So, ugh. Crazy week. I, it was a bad week. Hopefully, you can, you know, get better yeah, at this. JDC, week. man, we, we got to come back at the JDC. Hey, at least there's course history on this. Yes, one, right? that's right. All right. So let, before we get into the John Deere class, let's go over last week's listener league winning lineup. It's going to be uh, MM Stone. Uh, he had 599 points. Uh, he started off with Jason Day, who finished uh, in 66 with 70 points. He was 24.5 percent on. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau finished in second, 122 points, 16% owned. Uh, Colin Morikawa, there you go, uh, 20% owned in the listener league. That's good stuff there, guys. Uh, 19% owned, finished in second with 123 points. Uh, Wyndham Clark finished in fifth, 106.5 points, was 14.5% owned. Uh, Denny McCarthy finished in 23rd, 88.5 points, 1.5% owned. And Hollywood Hoagie, uh, Tom Hoagie. Uh, 23rd place, 89 points, 1.5% on. What did you think of the lineup? Loved it, man. It's my favorite build, right? The two guys that are like 20% basically round up Morikawa. Day's over 20. Then you got the two teens in, in Wyndham and in Bryson. Uh, and then two super low on dudes. Like they could be 5%, 7%. doesn't kill me, but that's kind of like sort of how I like to get a build going. And yeah, upside. I mean, we'll talk about some of these guys this week again, but, uh, you know, Clark paid off huge for his salary. Morikawa, the same at 7,900. You know, happy to see 19% of the, the crew on them because at the end of the day, uh, it, it was a little bit scary for some when he was almost 8,000 at first. And now they really got to think about it this week at 10,7. We'll get into that. But love the Bryson. Like I said, he was he was too cheap, in my opinion, at 10,5. Hoagie was just a, a nice solid pick. And then McCarthy, we know if he finds a putter, that's the type of week that he can have, and that's what happened. He found the putter. So shout out to M.M. Stone. We'll see you in the three-man this week. All right, so let's get to the gist of the course. Before we do that, let's talk about GovsCorner.com. Use promo code DGEN10, and that's D-E-G-E-N-10. Get yourself 10% off a subscription uh, to GovsCorner.com, either a year long, which is 365 days from the time you order, or a month long, which will include um, – the rest of the regular season, uh, maybe even the first round of the playoffs, I'm not 100% sure, and the Open Championships. You can get that. I think that's like 15 bucks, and you can get 10% off about that. They have the uh, ownership guru. Uh, got, his ownership is on point. His rankings are sick. Bucks, course uh, layout, course uh, description, one of the best out there. Tambo does his article on there as well. The Slack chat is huge. Lots of great guys on that Slack chat with really sharp dudes and sharp takes uh, that you can get and you can pay attention to. And some, and a lot of them pay off a lot of winners on that Slack chat and on that site. So make sure you use promo code DGEN10 and get on gubscorner.com. All right. So let's head to this week. The PGA tour heads to Silvis, Illinois for the John Deere classic from TPC deer run. This tournament has been played here since 2000. And in the beginning uh, years, a lot of first timers and no names, uh, won this event. Uh, then in 2008, the organi- organi- organizers of this event were getting you know tired of these extremely weak fields due to the, the event being played the week before the Open Championship. They devised a plan uh, to get better golfers to come by playing the come play by chartering a private jet for golfers playing the Open, which leaves immediately after the tournament ends on Sunday. Now 
This got a few more big names to play this event over the years, but it still remains uh, a weak field event. And this week's field is the weakest they've had in a while. Now, the one thing, uh, I know the reason for this probably is because of the schedule change. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the top-notch guys aren't even playing anymore in this event. I don't think there's a single golfer inside the top 50. And even though they do have started having this jet you know, a lot of bigger names played the field when they started. You look at since 2008, eight of the 12 golfers that won this event were ranked inside the top 50 in the uh, world golf rankings at the time of their win. Uh, seven of the last 12 winners were actually ranked inside the top 20 uh, in the world golf rankings uh, at the time of their win. So, you know, now since there's no one in the top 50, uh, it looks like, you know, it's wide open because, I mean, the last few years, it's been these top dogs uh, other than, you know, last year, of course, uh, Michael Kim. But, I mean, for the most – for like two-thirds uh, of, of the last 12 years, it's been, you know, top dogs coming in and playing and win this event. And now that since they're not here, this tournament is so – much more wide open, like literally anybody can win, which makes it a little bit more difficult uh, for DFS purposes. Um, now, the winning score here is usually in the high teens to low 20s under par. So, you know, expect a lot of fireworks. And in these type of events, of course, more people are, are able to win, in my opinion. You saw it last week with these new young bucks playing in a course where, you know, scoring was pretty high. You know, 20 birdies wasn't enough to win. And you're going to see, I mean, Jordan Spieth had 30 birdies uh, when he won here uh, a couple of years ago. So there's that. All right. So TPC Deer Run is a 7,268-yard par 71 with four par threes and three par fives, which should be reachable by most golfers in the field in two. Uh, the par 4 14th hole is short and could be drivable by some in the right conditions. Uh, the course is very easy and usually is ranked in the bottom 10 and hardest courses on tour year in and year out. The two toughest holes are the par 4 9th and the par 4 18th. So if you have some golfers in your lineups uh, who are, you know, on the cut line going to the last hole, you know, you should might have to be a little bit worried. Now off the tee golfers will see wide tree line fairways with large fairway bunkers guarding the landing zones. The rough is fairly penal, but doesn't come into play that often as over 70% of all tee shots land on the fairway. Uh, the fairways us are usually you know, firm with a good amount of roll, but rainy conditions uh, could change that. Uh, as of now, the course looks like it'll be dry for the week, but they have seen a ton of rain on uh, the previous month or so. Uh, on approach shots, golfers will see large greens that are guarded by bunkers and collection areas. These greens are very easy to hit as over 70% of approach shots land on the putting surface. Good wedge play is a must this week as over 40% of all approaches come from 150 yards or less. Now, that doesn't sound like too big of a number, but when you take into consideration that there are three par fives and all par four, all four par threes are over 150 yards, that leaves golfers with wedge in their hand you know, on seven to eight of the 11 par fours. Uh, the greens used bent, bent grass have a little bit of slope, but not, not, not that much, and are somewhat slow with a stint meter rating of around 11. Tambo, what, what are you looking for in golfers this week? A lot of the same stuff, man, that we've been talking about the last couple. Still scoring, like you said, boys are needing 30 birdies and whatnot. You know, there could be a Michael Kim out there again. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, the joke was today, maybe it'll be Michael Kim again. The guy had no real form coming in here last year and just smokes the field. So, um, yeah, I need a lot of scoring. So I'm going to focus on approach. Uh, I'm going to focus on birdies are better, DK points, a little bit of par five. Uh, other than that, just a little bit of ball striking and greens of regulation. So just to round it out, but, but big on approach and big on scoring here. That's sort of the name of the game when it comes to this course. 
Yeah, Koreans coming out of nowhere is not a new thing. I mean, you look at Michael Kim yeah. last week, James Hahn. James Hahn, whenever he wins, he has like 87 missed cuts before, you know, his victory. I think he's won twice. And you can see Wu, who you never know what's going to happen. It's sort of like a thing with the Korean guys. I mean, they can just pop out of nowhere. We'll see. Uh, off and on, yeah. Yeah, I'm not targeting too many this week, but maybe I should. All right, so let's start off. Um, let's get to this ranges. Let's start off in the 10K range. We have Kevin Streelman at $10,000 all the way up to Victor Hovland at $10,900. How are you going this week about this top range? Man, oh, man. This is the range right here. So the what was the, the joke today was the faceless wonders. Hovland, Morikawa, and Wolf, all with no picks on DK, all running out the top three prices, all first-timers at the event, obviously. And I did read a stat today. Our boy Sundog mentioned that uh, I believe it's the – Last 11 times here, a first-timer hasn't won, so it's pretty constant that first-timers aren't winning. I don't want to say I'm fading the whole range because there's one guy I really like here, but uh, I'll give you that first. My first T3PO of the week is going to be Morikawa. I love this guy. I'm going to take him over Hovland. It can be over Hovland or Wolf. I, I really don't care. I actually like it in the order Morikawa, Hovland, then Wolf. It's nothing against Wolf. I just think he's obviously a lot more volatile. So when you get that price tag up there and it's going to be hit or miss, there actually was some stats earlier in the season about how winners come back and do better than guys that finish in second, which would really trump the more Cal conversation here. But um, I, I don't know. Well, I can see Wolf have another great week. I just don't know if I can see him going on to win. I don't know if I can see either of these other guys in more Cal or Hovland going on to win. But the thing I will say about Hovland it's still so early. I understand it, but we're talking the guys a, a bit more. It feels a bit more of a grinder, right? Like if you look at uh, even last week, he had a huge Sunday and still didn't get near the top where these guys were. Uh, you know, he was still quite a few strokes back. The the majors is where he shows up. And I'm going to really like Hovland for courses like that, right? Where we think 10 under, 12 under, 15 under can win. He doesn't make very many mistakes, um, but I don't know if he's going to be up there like these guys just pin-seeking it and scoring with the best of them. Morikawa's game looked the sharpest. I know the, the putt will be what everyone remembers from Wolf, but if I if I really think about down the stretch, almost all those shots, Morikawa was closer. Even on 18, he was closer, right? Uh, obviously, Wolf makes the putt, but but I do like Morikawa's game more right now. Um, and, and for this spot, I think uh, the more interesting thing as we go throughout today is I, I will literally probably be pay, playing three or less people under 7,000 this week um it's not that i'm going to go fully balanced but anything i do i'm going to try and incorporate that 7k range and just smash it up as many ways as i can uh more cow over hovland out of the gate may not play very much a hovland or wolf at all and may, may just go with more cow <clears throat> the other guy i like is streelman uh i think neiman will be a bit popular i, I get it i understand but and, and streelman's way more than you expect to see for her this spot, but I mean, he's got a little bit of course history. He's certainly been playing well lately. Uh, you know, he's got some 15th, some fourth places in there. He's making a lot of cuts. I feel safer. We're starting with that 10K range, uh, right at 10K. But um, if I have to list it, Morikawa, I'll say Streelman, Neiman, Morikawa, but I'll probably only play Morikawa from the top three, maybe a little bit of Hovland. What do you got? Uh, I'm definitely playing Neiman. He's the one guy I know I'm playing. I think he's going to win soon. Just the way that he's playing, uh, he faded a little bit on um, on Sunday, but like you know, his, he's been playing good golf. His iron game is strong, and his putting, which hasn't been the that, that's the worry people have. Will his putting continue to do what it's been doing the last you know 
three, four events that he's played, well, his iron game has still been strong in those same events. So even if he doesn't have the best putting, you know, uh, day, if he's still good or, you know, above average, I think he has a shot because his iron game is so good. Uh, so I, and, you know, he doesn't make too many bogeys as well. I think in, in this field, he's top five in bogey avoidance uh, in the last 12 rounds, so the last three events he's played. So he's been, you know, getting not not having those bogeys. And bogey avoidance in this course, you know, having getting bogeys is going to be a huge detriment, more normal, just because everyone else is going to be having so many birdies. Um so you bogey a wrong hole where, you know, everyone's birding, and it's basically a two-shot swing between you and the field. Uh, so, you know, I, I like that I like that part of his game, and he also makes a ton of birdies. He's third in British Better Game in his last 12 events or 12 rounds played. Now, he's the one I'm definitely going to play. Um, other than that, I'm deciding between Hovland and Morikawa. I'll play one of those two. I don't expect the ownership for any of these guys, except maybe Neiman, to go exceptionally high. Uh, this week. So, you know, I don't mind 20% Hovland or Morikawa. I'm not exactly sure which way I'm going to go. Hovland has better bogey avoidance, less bogey avoidance, but you saw what Morikawa did last week. Uh, it's hard to go against him. So it's going to be one of those two. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm definitely playing Neiman this week. So let's move on to this 9K range. And, you know, it, cash is a tough build. <laughs> this week <laughs> with this type of field you know the number one thing that i look for in cash mostly is consistently recent form uh you know and consistency um you know and the stats definitely they, they play a part as well but the consistency part is what you're going to be lacking on most of these golfers in this field since the field is so weak there's no one in the top 50 uh in the world playing this week so i'm gonna go with the old guys uh, in the middle, my first cash game cornerstone is going to be Zach Johnson at ninety six hundred dollars. The form's not there. Okay, he's not playing great golf. Uh, but the thing is, he plays good golf here. And there's been instances where he's had. I think it was like two, three years ago. He had similar form. A couple missed cuts, fifties, forties. You know, uh, in, in the weeks prior coming up to the John Deere, and he finished fifth that year. So, you know, there's something about this course where ZJ plays well. Um, so I'm going to go with the old man here, uh, even though the youngsters have sort of taken over and played uh, extremely well here recently. Once again, without the top 50 in the world and without these elite guys, uh, that whole point for the last since 2008 could be moot. Uh, it's basically wide open. Um, and I like I'm going with history here with Zach Johnson. You could go against me, uh, but I'm going with history with Zach Johnson. I'm also going to play Brian Harmon, uh, another winner here who's had success at this course, who's actually been playing very, very good golf. you got to remember, like a year ago, he was inside the top 30 in the world. He went through a really, really bad stretch uh, in the beginning of, beginning to middle of this year. Now he sort of picked it back up with a, a couple of really solid finishes and probably five good events that he's played. I think he might have missed one cut in, those la in these last five events. He's been playing pretty, pretty well. His iron game's been looking better. He's been avoiding bogeys. Um, you know, top 20 in DraftKings points in his last, you know, 12 rounds in this field. So I'm going to go with those guys for cash. Uh, now for GPP, Sung J might be my favorite play uh, for GPPs. Now, if you look at Sung Jay and what he's done um, on easier, like he's 15, he's fifth um, in DK points um, on, 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 um, let me, let me double check. I think it was easy courses. I think second on easy courses in DK points. Um, you know, so he does well on, on ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots. 
You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, You Break I Fix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools? It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break iFix. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Easier courses. He's those well on par 71s. Um, you know, so I do like the way he's playing. He's been having a ton of birdies here recently. The, the, the it seems like it should fit his type of game where it's a scoring type of course and he should be doing well on those type of courses, hopefully, because I do love him. He'll probably be my highest owned. He's actually second in birdies or better game in his last 50 rounds in this field, fourth in draft king points in this field in the last 50 rounds. So I do like him a lot. Uh, my Probably my favorite GPP play. And I sort of like Sam Burns uh, down below at $9,100, who's – you know, again, another score, lots of birdies, lots of DK points. That's something that you're going to need to have uh, this week. And he's been actually a lot better with his wedges uh, recently than he has been throughout the season. He's actually 11th in the last 12 rounds in proximity from 125 to 150 yards. So I, I like the way his game is playing. I like Sam Burns as another GPP play. Uh, who do you like in this range? Talked about a few of them, but uh, Sung Jay for sure. Uh, I think he's he's mispriced. If you look at the overall, you know he's got the the rounds to cover. Like you said, in the last fifty, but even if you just use the last two months, he maxes out twenty four rounds. If you do last twenty four, and he's still third in DK points, thirteenth in bogey avoidance, fifth in par five. Irons have just been off a little, but that's not typically his mo. So uh, ninety seven hundred. When you get other guys around him that are ten nine, ten seven, ten five. He's the guy that you know we've been saying for all this time that we expect to get this win. He's also a first timer, so if you're scared of the first timers, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know he's still you got the savings, right? The thousand dollars, you know, well, at least eight hundred from Wolf, but a thousand from Morikawa and twelve hundred from Hovland. Uh, I don't mind that at all. He's he's probably one of my favorite plays in this range, regardless of ownership. Um, can't travel too far with you on the Zach Johnson play. I think uh, you know I build some correlated course history lineups. I'll certainly put him in those. So I might end up with, you know, three to four lineups out of 50 or a hundred, depending on what I do, but not going to go too hard there. I like Harmon with you, the stats, the recent form, uh, not just doing it with his putter, which is, you know, something that, you know, we can get hot. He can get hot with, um, but I'm a, a glutton for punishment. So I'm going to go back to Ryan Moore, uh, two missed cuts recently. I know it's been painful. Hurt a lot of guys last week again, but he's sort of a, ZJ light in a way when it comes to the course history here. He's, he's got a win 
actually more recently than, than ZJ does here, but I know ZJ just has all those top fives. But uh, 9 out of 10 cuts, 5 top 25s here total, with including 3 top 10s. So don't mind Ryan Moore. I, I think people will be off of him and probably play Burns. I, I still will play some Burns as well, but if I'm making a pivot in one lineup or, or something like that in a 3-max, I'll go to I'll pivot from Burns to Moore. Uh, and then my second T3PO is going to be here. Uh, I'll take us into the 8K range with it, but it starts at 9K. I'm not going to play Wyndham Clark. A um, couple things on him. I'm going to move to Tway, and I'll go into that in a second, but uh, you all know I like Tway. With Clark, the biggest thing is the price jump. Uh, you know, the big week last week, he was definitely fighting something on Sunday, so I actually dug into it, and in his last four tournaments, his final rounds have been his absolute worst, where he's just losing on everything. So it, it looks to me like the C in Clark isn't for closer, and he's having an issue on Sundays. Even though he fought through it, which was impressive this Sunday, it still was poor overall. And if you look back at his three tournaments before that, it's been the same thing in round four. Now with the price increase up to 9000 and needing more out of him in that spot, if he's not going to come through for me and get a win or be able to get up there again, uh, I got trouble paying 9000 for that. I'll go with the guy that you know pops for me a little bit more. Last couple months, been really solid in a few few areas. Ball striking, approach, greens and reg. Solid DK score, good bogey avoidance, and good par 5 scoring. We saw him win you know, at the start of this year in the swing season on an easier course. Uh, I really like Kevin Tway here. So Kevin Tway over Clark will be my second one. Kyle Stanley uh, withdrew last week. Couldn't dig in enough to find out what that was all about, but I think it's just sort of uh, the way it was set up, a little bit of a maintenance thing, and now he's back here. Uh, I don't think many people will be on him, but he's setting up well for me from a stats perspective. Uh, don't mind him. The other Ryan that sometimes people confuse with Ryan Moore, uh, I'll go back to Palmer. Uh, nothing too crazy, but just I think he's a good GPP player that'll get me some leverage. Uh, a lot more people off of that range. And then Joel Dahman. Uh, really like Joel Dahman. Ha- having a pretty good season for himself. A little bit better golfer now than what we've seen before. But last year he came second uh, here, so maybe that's going to be some good memories. And uh, he likes to get off these hot starts. He's also got seven top 25s this year. So I think the price is fair for somebody that we know can contend at an easier course like this. Yeah, I do like Tway just like you. Uh, he does well better on easier courses. And I think the way he's been playing, he's been playing decent golf here recently. Pretty mm-hmm. good with his approaches. Pretty good tee the green. Uh, scoring a lot of DK points. He's fifth in DK points in his last 12 rounds in this field. First in bogey avoidance. Uh, in the last 12 rounds in this field. Like I said, I do think that is going to be important. So I do like Kevin Tway. I like Bud Colley. Stats aren't going to really show anything for him, but he has good form here on this course. And if you look, he's been very good on par 71 courses. He's third in DraftKings points on easy courses uh, in the last 50 rounds in this field. So I I like him. I don't think many people are going to be on him. So we'll at that price tag. So I do like Bud Colley, and I do like Joel Dahlman as well. Uh, You know, second last year, uh, pretty good wedge game. And so I'm a fan of that. But let's move on to the 7K range where I got my final two cash game cornerstones. And I'm going pretty, like, old dude. I'm I'm playing the old fogies this week in in cash uh, because I really don't know what to expect from these young bucks anymore. They could win or they could do whatever. I mean, last week was incredible. Uh, So I'm going to start off with uh, – 
the, the guy's been tried and true in my cash game lineup for like the last month, and he hasn't really been uh, failing me too much. Is Peter Malnati at seventy nine hundred dollars again? Good approach game. Um, you know, doesn't make too many bogeys. Decent with his wedges. Uh, so I do like him. He's made a bunch of cuts in a row here recently. He's been been one of the more consistent golfers um, in the field uh, that we've seen here, making a whole ton of cuts here uh, recently. So I want to keep that going. So I'm going to go with Malnati one more time this week at 7,900. And I'm going Vaughn Taylor at uh, 7,700, another old, old man. Uh, probably the best in the field. Uh, with his wedges, at least here recently. Uh, he's actually top 20 in birds a better gain. You don't really expect that from um, from Vaughn Taylor. But in the last 12 rounds, uh, he's top, I think he's top 50 in birdies a better gain. And in the top, in his last 50 rounds, he's top 15 in birdies a better gain. First in opportunities gained in his last 50 rounds. Like I said, great wedge play. And that's going to be a key. Uh, I'll be using Vaughn Taylor a good amount in GPPs uh, this week as well. So those are my four cash game cornerstones for the week are going to be Zach Johnson at 9,600, uh, Brian Harmon at 9,400. Peter Malnati at 7,900 and um, Vaughn Taylor at 7,700. That's going to leave you over $15,000 to finish out the rest of your lineup. Now, other guys I do like up top here, I do like Bronson Burgoon. Uh, if you look at Burgoon, he's actually first um, in uh, on easy courses, if I'm not mistaken here. Yes, on uh, let me double check here. I got it right in front of me on Fantasy National. Com. It's a course that you, re- it's a site that you really need to get on. It's got all the information that I've been spouting out uh, here all day. So uh, Bronson Burgoon first and draft King points uh, in, a, in the last 50 rounds on easy courses on this field. Sam Burns is actually second. So there you go. That's another reason why I like Sam Burns. Uh, another guy, uh, you know, Burgoon is sort of a streaky guy and he's been playing decent for him here recently. So uh, I do like Burgoon at $7,800. I sort of like Pat Perez. At seventy five hundred dollars, he had a month off, uh, and, and he played okay last week. But he's been—he hasn't been that bad when taking uh, a, a lot of time off. Like if you look back between the—he uh, took off like more than a month between the Arnold Palmer and the Wells Fargo. Uh, finished eighth at the Wells Fargo and the twelfth next week at the Byron Nelson. Uh, he had a month off between the BMW last year during the FedEx Cup playoffs and the CIMB. Uh, he finished sixty third in the CIMB, but finished seventh the next week at the CJ Cup. So these, you know, sort of long breaks hasn't really been that detrimental to him. And usually, the second event he plays after a long break, he's done fairly well. And so I do like uh, Pat Perez. He's also what fourth. Um, in drafting points on easy courses in the last 50 rounds in this field. Uh, who else do you like in this upper 7K range there, Tamla? Yeah, if we're talking about the top, it's going to be – well, this is what I was trying to say earlier. So it'll sound like I'm naming pretty much everyone. I don't want to do that, so I'm just going to name my favorite. But if you noticed before, I barely – I mentioned like eight guys so far, but it's because I'm really going to pound this range out with those eight to ten guys that I'm using up top. So uh, you mentioned Malnati. I like him. Uh, Von Taylor, I like him. I think Poston is a good GPP play there with Burgoon, who you talked about. So sort of that those four in that range. Going to go back to the well on Danny Lee uh, in the last couple months as far as just no filter goes, whatever. Second in birdies are better in 22 rounds, sixth in DK points. Uh, failed everybody last week. I'll still go back to him. Uh, I like him. And then the other one that I like here is Sam Ryder. Uh, another guy, same thing in the last couple months, been really solid, good with ball striking, good with approach, uh, hitting a lot of greens. 
avoiding bogeys. Got to get the putter going a little bit more. It's been okay, but it's really hindering him as far as the scoring perspective. But with a, I think he was second here last year as well. Uh, as we talked about Burgoon or whatever, I'm pretty sure they were tied last year for second. So do like Sam Ryder as well, and then a bunch more guys below that. So, all right, yeah, below that, um, I do like um, Haas, uh, Joey Garber at 7,300. The guy's been playing well. It seems like he's a Midwest king. Like every tournament that's like in the heartland of the country, he's been <laughs> exceptional at uh, this week. Actually, he helped me win back a little bit of my money last week. I had a big bet on him over uh, Finau in the final round pairing that they had. I think he had one plus 150. I put 50 bucks on it, which is way more than I normally bet at all. Like a lot more than I normally bet because I felt sort of secure about that bet and it paid off. So that got me a little bit more money uh, when it comes to the gambling aspect. Uh, but I like Troy Merritt up top. Good finish last week. Uh, he's been really good from 125 to 150. Has a bunch of opportunities. Uh, he's six in opportunities gained, Troy Merritt is, in his last 50 rounds. He just hasn't been closing the deal uh, with his putter, but maybe he can get that going here this week. Um, I do like uh, Hostler. There's another guy, best bent putter uh, in the field here in, in the last 50 rounds, and this could turn into a putting contest. So I'll play a little bit of a big bow Hostler, and I like uh, – Hank the Tank there at the lower 7K range at $7,100. There's you know, lots of birdies, lots of DK points, good tee to green. You're going to need a lot of DK points uh, and a lot of birdies this week to contend, and he's been doing that uh, pretty consistently over his last 50 rounds. So I like Hank the Tank. Now let's move on to the 6K. Oh, actually, no, go on. Go on. Do you got, you like anybody in this lower 7K range there, Tampa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got the rest of my ranges here, right? I got When we go on to the 6K range, it's going to be two guys that I can mention, and that's it. But, uh, yeah, my third and final T3PO, and then I'll recap them. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention them. I, I heard a little bit about him in the in the Guff's Corner Slack today and, and a lot of early talk on HV3 based on his result here last year. Uh, and I'm going to pivot away from him and go to Johnny Vegas, I'm not sure if he'll get popular now because people are talking about him a little bit, but uh, as far as the stats go, nothing really shows off. For me, it's just, again, that long-term and that upside. You know, Someone mentioned something about uh, Harold Varner buying that 15 acres, building a house for his family and everything. Maybe he's a little bit busy with his personal life and whatnot. I, I don't take a lot of consideration into that, but I, I just think Vegas is – I'm high on him. I don't know why. We've talked about it, You know, the mental coaching that he's got, things about being a better golfer. We, he's showed up at certain tournaments this year. Uh, I like his upside, and I think he's underpriced at 7400 as sort of a value play there with some of the other guys. Uh, you know, Merritt, you talked about right at 7500 He actually did a lot of his damage last week with the putter uh, and being the local narrative and all that sort of stuff. I wonder if that can continue. So I, I mentioned Ryder, but I like Vegas over v- Varner is my first T3PO. I like Tway over Clark, and I like Morikawa over Hovland. Other guys in this range, I like Ryan Armour. Uh, good result here last year and still showing up for me as far as stats are concerned. I like Joey Garber, who you mentioned. Uh, sort of, I, I don't think no matter what anybody says about him, he's going to gain a lot of ownership. So I think he's a great play at 7,300. And then the other guy you mentioned, Hank the Tank, That that's who I liked quite a bit here. One of my favorite plays is this lower range. They didn't want to boost his price. Uh, in the last couple of months, he's got 16 rounds in where he's solid in ball striking, approach, greens, uh, birdie or better, and DK points at 7,100. Uh, I think he'll make the cut, and I think he's got upside to go from there. I think he's been playing well. I'm going to stick with him at 7,100. Other than that, man, there may be some other guys I hop onto as the week goes on in this range, but this 6K range is disgusting to me. What do you like down here? I, I hear it is disgusting, but the thing is, like, this course is so wide open that I can see 
a, a, a 60k guy winning pretty easy uh now trying to pick the right one that's yeah, gonna be right. that, yeah. that's gonna be the difficult part you know but i mean like so I, i'm probably gonna play 10 to 12 of these guys at like 10% ownership each one just to fill out roster spots in the bottom. That's probably how I'm going to go about it uh, because I do think that there are opportunities for guys down here. A couple of guys do like a Roberto Castro uh, at $6,700, really good approach play. One of the best, probably him and Hollywood Hoagie are probably the two best uh, wedge players, at least recently in the last 50 rounds in this 6K range. Like I said, wedge play is going to be important. So I do like Castro a lot. I do, and like I said, I do like Hoagie, another guy. Good uh, good approaches. Really, really good with his wedges. I think he's 11th. Uh, Hoagie's 11th in proximity from 100 to 125 in the last 50 rounds. And 4th from 125 to 150 in the last 50 rounds. Castro is 16th from 100 to 125. And 2nd from 125 to 150. So uh, I'm looking at the wedge play a lot. So these guys sort of pop for me. Talent-wise, I'll probably play a little bit of Peter Uline. I think he's another young guy who people have sort of forgotten that, you know, he was a really, really good player. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, he won, wasn't he, he won the amateur, he won the U.S. amateur. Am I wrong about that? He won some big amateur event. I'm not exactly sure which one it was, but the guy has talent. He's been good from, with his really short wedges, Uh, you know, Overall, his stats don't look that great, but just when it comes to talent and, and you see these young guys all coming in, I think he has a chance uh, to do something this week. Uh, other guys that I do like, um, I'll take a stab at Robert, uh, Robert Garrigus at $6,300, a couple of top 25s uh, here at this course here recently, uh, $6,300. I, I think you can make your lineup a little bit easier to build uh, that way, but you know, the thing is when it comes to lineup building this week, it's very easy to leave thousands of dollars underneath the cap and be cool with it uh, because of the how wide open this field is. Uh, I don't think that is a bad play at all using 49,000, 48,000. I mean, it's going to be tough to build, but there's going to, there's, there's plenty of guys in this 8k and 7k and 6k range that, that, that I think have an opportunity to do well in a field that is as weak as this, we could see anything. We saw last week, my, last year, Michael Kim, 500, 750 to one, uh, win this event. So it's not like out of the question. Um, other guys, I do like Bazelli. Uh, let me check his price. He is, uh, $6,700. If it comes down to a putting contest, this guy's one of the better putters out there. He's actually been pretty good, uh, with his, uh, wedge play. Better from 125 to 150, uh, but he's another guy, and he's top 25 in birdies a better gain in the last 50 rounds in this field, which is not bad for a guy at $6,700. Uh, so I'll play a little bit of Bazelli. Uh, your boy, Adam Svensson, at $6,700. Again, another good approach game. No, really no, no. Good Fuck that guy. Game. That's the guy that made me wear that uh, Korean avatar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? uh, I'm going to talk know, about I, him in a minute, uh, actually, but yeah, that, yeah, uh, fuck that guy. I'm not playing him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, another guy out of the blue. Uh, I mean, I'm going out of the blue on a lot of these. Arjun, Arjun Atwal. The dude went low. Uh, you know, he shot like 62 in the, or 63 in the Monday qualifier uh, to go ahead and make the uh, to make the tournament. And then he shot like some ridiculous score in the first round too uh, last week at the 3M Open. I mean, the guy can go low. He's streaky. He's won an event. Uh, on the PGA Tour before. So, you know, maybe uh, you can get a little flyer off of him as well. Who do you like? Are there any other guys 
in this range that you're looking at? No, I'm going to use this for a little rant session just to back it up because I got a little bit of time and just to talk strategy. It's still helpful. So um, you mentioned it, like just throwing a bunch of these guys in because you could see them winning from down here. And I don't disagree with that. Like I said, I definitely think you could see it happen. But then you made the good point of but knowing who it is is the hard part, right? So it reminds me of sort of what you just mentioned too with the optimal lineups and being able to leave all the money on the table when every week people are like, well, man, the, the optimal is $45,000, but you know, why don't we just leave five grand on the table? And, and the reason is, is because you have no idea how they got to that 45 grand. It's like picking a winning lottery ticket that, you know, and picking the numbers. It's all pure luck. It has nothing to do with building efficiently using, you know, the roster construction strategy that you have and, and the way that everybody else is building and leveraging them. And again, I don't know, man. You, I, I think you can make lineups that you like without guys above nine. You can. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Trying to pick it is you're just making it up. Just like you saying you'll take ten guys down here to do it. The reason I'm not doing that this week is because I think the guys from seven thousand and up are better. And I know that we've seen other guys, but think about this too. We already talked about it at the top of the show. A lot of people have mentioned it already this week. If you're not going to be heavy on Hovland, Morikawa, and Wolf, and you're going to start at Neiman. Like we talked about liking, I really only like Morikawa, but I like Neiman and Streelman right there. Then, then I don't need to dip down here to make it work. I can get so many other guys that have top 20 upside throughout the 7, 7K range, even the 8K range. I can stack with 6, 8K guys, I, you know, however you want to do it, high lows. You don't have to do that because you're just killing a bunch of lineups that way uh, if you don't have conviction. And so and I'm not saying don't build how you want. I'm just saying as much as what you're saying is true, that yes, you can leave money on the table and it could work out. It doesn't. If you just go look at the winning line of every week, yes, it's because 95% of the people build it with all the money, but it's also what's still winning. So I'm going to continue to build my lineups with what's actually taking down GPPs. And I'm not going to go looking for some diamond in a rough $45,000 lineup to maybe win because th that's what shows as the optimal with a guy like uh, a couple weeks ago with Nate Lashley in it who wasn't even in the field, right? It, it is what it is. I'm just telling you, you know, that's what... People are switching gears and trying to go away from their process to to look it up and see what they can do to be different. You know, focus on well, what's the only working. reason I'm being different. The only, the only reason I'm being different is because of the field. This field is the weakest <laughs> field he's seen in forever, right. forever. But it's not. For, it's not it's, the so chalky this field. field. This field. This field is more wide open than right. probably any field that we've seen. I mean, there's not these top guys where we think, and even the top guys lately haven't been that great, but we expect them to do well. That's just our expectation. I, I guess I'm you know, saying, I'm saying that it's not the, now, it's not the now, chalkiest the is, field not, of all not, time. Yeah, I'm not saying just press buttons. You know, you have to be confident in the lineup that you put in at $48,000. But if you're confident, if you like the way it works, I think this is the type of week where it will work well. Uh, because there's so many different – it's just – it's so hard to judge. More – DFS golf is in, really hard to judge in the first place. Sure. But it's even harder with this type of field uh, and this type of pricing that we've seen. So, I mean, you can avoid golfers, you know, in a 9,000 range. I mean, really easily and still feel confident uh, making your lineups with 8,000, 7,000, and a couple of $6,000 guys, and you could be – $48,800. That could be your total cap. You know, you could be $1,200 under, which is still averaging, you know, $8,000 or more, $8,500 plus per player. Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe maybe it's not that much. Maybe it's like $8,000, $7,800 per player. 
Uh, you just got to be confident. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I'm, I'm just saying when, when, people are, when people are talking about 45 to 47K just to do it, I guess my point is that, and why I keep saying it's not the chalkiest field of all time, I'm just saying from a strategy perspective, from my opinion, if it's something like a major where you know it's soft pricing and everyone's maxing out the salary, that's a, and, and it's a way stronger field, so the 7K and $6,900 golfers are way better then that's a field that I feel more confident putting a 48K lineup in because I that have to sense, leverage actually. all the 50K lineups and I have to, and I've got better golfers down there to do it with. That's sort of my big point here. It's not the chalkiest field of all time. There's going to be lots of guys on these amateurs at the top. There's going to be guys that start with Neiman or, or, or even Sung Jay. There's going to be guys that do balanced lineups with the Tways and the Stanleys and the Collies that we mentioned and et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. It's not a shot at you. I'm, I'm just trying to help the people, right? If you think back to it, this is something people talk about a lot and they switched their process so quickly because they saw a screenshot show that the optimal was like 45 grand. I think the better week to do a 48K lineup or 47.5 like you're talking about is a week where you know you have to leverage these builds in like a major where there's more options to do it and there's better plays down below. You and I both didn't love talking about plays down in this level. Um, but, but it just goes to show, right? That the field's definitely wide open. Anybody can win. I still like the guys seven K and above. I will make a note here. I had two guys written down. They'll get added in tomorrow. Um, but Catlin or Caitlin, I forget how he pronounces it, but he plays overseas a lot in Europe. Uh, pretty, pretty strong results on the year overall, but he's, he's getting in off a, he's trying to Monday into everything because he needs a certain amount of FedEx cup points. Um, shout out to the Monday Q Twitter site there. It's actually pretty solid follow. Uh, he does some interviews with the guys when they queue and stuff like that. But uh, Catlin basically told him that he's trying to get into every Monday for the rest of the year so he can get enough points to get in uh, and then go from there because otherwise he has to go back to Europe. So he's extremely motivated. I'm suspecting he'll drop into the field at like 6,200 or 6,300 bucks. He's a guy that just nobody will probably be on. And then Truslow is another guy that, you know, shoots around the Monday queues every now and again. And I think he had s- something like eight birdies and one eagle to qualify this week and get in. And, and again, he'll be super cheap. Again, just looking for scoring and, and someone who's hot and motivated and feeling good right now. Two, two deep flyers if you really want to go that route. But like I said, I, I'm typically staying above 7K this week. I got to say, you do make a good argument uh, about – you might have swayed me a little bit about the roster construction thing, but that does make sense about the majors <laughs> and softer pay pricing. That's one great reason why I like being on the show with you. Uh, I'm still going to make lineups that are a little bit less uh, than uh, maybe a thousand or more or less, but it's not going to be the majority of them. But I, I, your argument might have swayed me. That does make a lot of sense. Maybe I wasn't thinking correctly. We'll see how it goes, but I'm still going to go um, and um, still make a few lineups out of my, you know, I probably only make sixty or seventy this week. I'm playing a little bit lighter. Me too. Uh, trying to save the bank, trying to save the bankroll for uh, the Open Championship, and we do have a surprise uh, for you guys for the Open Championship next week. We're not going to release it quite yet, but um, the guest we have next week is going to be pretty fucking money. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited. So, so I'm make very sure excited. you stay. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you stay tuned for that for next week. All right. So we're done with this. Let's, let's move on to the betting segment here. Uh, Tamba, who are some of your favorite bets this week? I only got two again. Um, man, I, I keep like playing the guys in DFS and not adding them to my betting card, and then they they top five. So I'm going to look out for that more this week. Uh, probably talk about it on uh, Wednesday throughout the Slack chat uh, over at Gup's Corner. But uh, two bets I've got. One, I hopped on first thing this morning. Uh, Burgoon, 75 to 1 with the each way. He's already gone down since then. So I really like that bet at uh, 75 with the each way. 
And then I was pretty heavy earlier. I talked a lot about him, but Sung J M. Uh, I never bet guys at like 22 to one like this. I always just say, you know, fuck it. If I miss it, I don't care. I don't know why I care so much about hitting Sung Jay's win, but I just got a feeling, man, this is, you know, we've been saying he's going to get a win. He'll probably fucking miss the cut now because every time I get some conviction in this and also spoiler alert, I picked him as my one and done. Uh, and I know last week you were picking between my guy and your guy. And I said, go with your guy. Because my guy will miss the cut, Sabatini. And what happened with Sabatini? Burned me, <laughs> burned everybody, and Bryson went on to crush. So happy Thank for you there. Thing. What, what yeah, did you move you. up to, actually, Kenny? What did you get to? Did I'm, you check like 30, it out? I'm like 35th Let's in, go. in the big uh, Gubs corner, one and done. So, yeah, uh, these next, like, seven weeks are huge. I'm trying to win that 20K. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the only problem is I have nobody left. I think my highest ranked golfer in the world is Francesco Molinari, and I'm probably going to save him for next week's Open Championship. But after that, literally, it's going to be a shit show. Um, we'll have to work it out. I'll have to figure it out because literally, I have uh, all my big dogs are done. Um, now, the bets that I have this week, Am and Neiman, both at 25 to one. I'm with you on that. Uh, Johnson Wagner, I didn't talk about, but I do like him this week. Uh, you know, course history type of guy. Uh, I got him at 125 to one, and then I'm throwing a deep flyer out on like the one guy that's come in, uh, the one rookie that's come in that no one's talking about because of all the other guys. Justin Sub, oh. uh, he was right up there. He was right up there with Hovland and and Wolf and uh, uh, Morikawa as this new breed, and he just hasn't been there. Maybe he'll get angry and be like, "Fuck this! I want to be just as good as these guys." I got him at 250 to one. Hey, hey, uh, I'm, so- I'm taking that one with you because actually, you just reminded me. I meant to bet that earlier, and it's still out there. I just looked at it right now. I'm, I'm betting it on the pod. He's 300 to one with the each way that I can get him at. So I'm taking that one as well and tailing you there because I wanted to bet that earlier. I thought about the same reason you thought of, and maybe he just gets pissed off and says, I want to be part of the crew too. And he's like $4,000 less than these guys on DK as well. If you want to play him, that's the one guy under 7K that I might take some shots with because I do like him quite a bit. Yeah, I'm a fan. I mean, the guy's a good golfer, uh, but we'll see if that that narrative plays out. All right, so one and done. Who you got? Sung JM. Sticking with him. Okay, I already – I already used Sung Jae. You're going to screw me now because Sung Jae is probably going to be my highest owned DFS guy. But any, yeah, <laughs> anyways, I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to go Brian Harmon uh, right now. Harmon or Hovland? Those are the two that I'm thinking of. I'm thinking about going with the experience in the course history uh, for for this week, and I think I'm going to go Brian Harmon. Uh, for my one and done, hopefully, please Lord Jesus, because I, I could use another good week. Because if if Bryson had won. I'd be like yeah. top 15. But there's time. Be, there's, there's time. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you got yeah, a lot of time. There's still not a lot. But, I mean, enough, yeah. you're right in the yeah. cusp of taking it down. You can get three winners in a row or something. You just never know and just blow this thing yeah, out. Well, if, right? if I hit three winners in a row with the pool that I have left, I need to go play the lottery is what's going to happen. Sure, make sure you bet them, because, too. Yeah, you got to double down, and you got to give me 2% because if you take last week's result divided by all the events, when I said let's go Bryson like it was mine, then that's 2% you owe me. So just so you remember that. All right. All right. All right. Tampa, tell them where they can find you. Gubscorner.com, man. You already talked about it. Code DGEN10. Guys want to hop on it. It'll be you know huge to get in there for the Open next week. Super excited about that. Even this week, uh, last time it was an event, quote unquote, that nobody cared about is when you know the, the boys had 400K week overall. The one guy won like 100 and something K, uh, blew the field out. So 
uh, the Doc Redman week. Uh, if you guys want to get on board over there, other than that, check me on Twitter, add me on Twitter, at Toteg and Tambo. Hit me up there if you have any questions. Easiest to DM me on there. If not, get over on Gup's Corner and DM me in the Slack. All right, you can find me on PowerHourPod.com. My articles released every week. And you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. All right, so hopefully we have another tournament like last week where our, we didn't have much hope of it being a good event and it ended up being one of the best events of the year. Hopefully yeah. we see that again. And hopefully Jeez. DGen Nation, let's win some motherfucking money. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.